0: I welcome, everybody, to Weed Day Wednesday. Oh, my lord. Exciting news today.
1: Ah, it's halfway to Christmas. Ah, official. That's where they go. Bell drop.
0: Yeah,
1: just like that. Bell drop.
0: Halfway to Christmas, kid. You did it, you made it. I got the on the back. This year it's been total crap. I had to say it right. Give me nine, nine. I'm on a roll. Yeah, I don't know. I just smoked something that we don't <laughs> know what it is. No, actually, I do know what it is. I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, yeah.
1: Desert Bloom. There it is. Hippie Hash. Twenty bucks. Go get some. Fun stuff. It's really good. Um... Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. It's July 1st, and my bestie won today. That's right. She won. I woke up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh my God, i got to text my bestie because we've got this game going on. But she won. Ooh. She did. First month this year. No, um, I, uh, I think I beat you a lot this year. Um, not saying. Just saying. Uh, welcome to We Wednesday, Wednesday, everybody. i got to find my cheaters, my readers, my eyeballs after a four day. Wow, we've got a lot going on today. Um, just want to give a shout out to Silver Sister and the Zygmunt and to tell them that we are loving them and praying for them and um, just sending lots of hugs and love and everything for, uh, for you guys over there. Um, and Cannabis Kid is out. Of the state, <laughs> oh, he got oh, right. 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 Actually, I don't think he's sleeping in. He got a puppy. <laughs> yes, he did. And um, you know what happens when you have a puppy? You don't sleep ever, ever, just ever. <laughs> so that's what happens in puppy Well. Uh, You're listening to Weeds Day Wednesday, brought to you by Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get certified. We're open six days a week right now during the COVID pandemic. Um, And I just want to say, people, be nice to each other. Okay, come on. We're all doing our best. Everybody is short staffed. Everybody is freaked out. Everybody's cranky. Everybody's scared. Everybody's full of anxiety. Everybody needs a bong hit. <laughs> it's like, this town needs an anthem. This planet needs a bong hit. All right. Well, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Thank you, Tumbleweeds Health Center, once again for hosting the show with Studio C each and every week for eight and a half years. Oh, wow, that's a long time to listen to me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, let's see. We'd like to uh, give a shout-out to a couple sponsors that we have. Um, if you haven't gone anywhere but where you are and listen to Cana Health Online Digital Magazine, please do so.
3: Canna Health is a digital magazine focused on knowledge,
1: Magazine.com. Check it out. They've got all sorts of great articles, and um, they've got recipes. I just looked at the cover of this chocolate cake. I'm like, oh, man, that would really go good with my tea right now. <laughs> Anyone want to bring me a slice of chocolate cake? Come on, bring it over. Um, also, the Grower's House at 3635 East 34th Street. If you go to our website, that's right, it's Center. Check out the radio section. Scroll on down. There's a couple links to our sponsors. Um, Let's see. Oh, and growers house retail store hours will be by appointment only. Uh, Allowing one customer at a time in 15 minute intervals. So there you have it. Wow. Um, Good for them. Um, Nope. I don't want to step right up. I keep putting addresses, email addresses in there. Like
2: you already played before.
1: (laughs) Okay, so check it out, they've got, oh, they got trim bags, they even have a KN95 masks, 10% off, um, they have soft mesh trellis, they have veg and bloom um, fertilizers, they've got isopropyl alcohol with limited stock, get it for its golfers. Um, oh, 99.9%, one gallon, four packs, interesting. And let's see, uh, what else they have, Um, uh, the mini rocket box, wow, so all sorts of lighting and fertilizers and cool new scissors on sale, what, everyone needs some scissors, so get to growershouse.com, check it out, when you get there, there's a cool little um, spinning wheel, and if you put your uh, email address in, you can win something fun, yeah, that's always good, winner. Um, and if you want to blog or chat with us, you could. If you want to call in at six four six nine one five eight four two one, and if you want to text or blog, you can. You can blog with us. You go to our website tumbleweedshealthcenter dot com, and then um, <clears throat> if you scroll down, there's actually a link to the show. I'm pretty sure you can listen to it live, and you can click it and get on over there. I'm pretty sure it's easy to register. And then you can chat with us. Every once in a while towards the end of the show, someone comes in. I'm like, ah, hi, and goodbye. We're leaving. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Um, if you want to chat with us, when you call 646-915-8421, um, press pound one. Okay. Hashtag one for all you millennials out there. You guys are cray-cray. <laughs> <laughs> you um, all right. So I hope everyone's happy and healthy and safe out there. And let's see what else uh, we wanted to actually let you know that if, so we're open six days a week right now, uh, 4th of July is a Saturday. Woo. Yeah. on that one. Um, we're open 10 to two that day. We're going to take an, a, a little leave early. Uh, we are closed Sundays now. Yes, I will fix the website. Um, people are amazing. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to leave it at that. But if you want to come down and um, you have one of these qualifying conditions, and don't worry if you don't hear your qualifying condition, because um, there's things on here that cover probably what you have. So if you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, which will cover everything—migraines, fibromyalgia, backache, DDD, um, arthritis, all sorts of all sorts of ailments. Uh, Severe nausea, uh, seizures, including epilepsy, any kind of seizure. So any kind of uh, shakes, Parkinson's, things like that. HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease. And um, ever since we had our guest on a few years ago who taught us all about there's like 20 different kinds of Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, uh, I didn't even know. Um, so there's, and there are all sorts of symptoms and they start out small and they get pretty grand. So, um, any agitation, uh, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. You can also get your card, um, if you are being treated and one of the medicines that you're using is making you sick or giving you headaches or anything like that contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Wow. All right. Give us a call. 520-838-4430. I say wow because um, I just was looking at some online uh, sources and I went to High Times and there's um, Debbie Harry. Woo-hoo. Blondie, folks, if you don't know it. Come on. She's Blondie. She's I might just read this article. Maybe she'll talk about weed. Oh, it looks, well, it's kind of a long one, but hey, why not? Um, <clears throat> so Blondie, when I was 10 years old, there was this show called Solid Gold. It was awesome. <laughs> they had these ladies dancing on giant coin stacks. <laughs> and I guess maybe they were supposed to be solid gold. <laughs> oh, she's um, they were in like these leotards that were like you would use for like jazzercise or something. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> that was the
1: best show ever, and then Soul Train came on after that. So we had some we had some pretty bitching shows, as I like to say. All right. Um, Anywho, so we, we might get into that. We might not. We'll check it out. Let's go to another local source, azmarijuana.com. Oh, it's going to be... Bless me. Um, Let's see. What kind of news do we have? Let's just check out some world news. Let's see what's going on in the world. Oh, okay. Virginia's cannabis decriminalization law begins July 1st, making it the 27th state in the nation to decriminalize simple cannabis possession. Wow, 27, folks. <laughs> the new bill reclassifies possession of one ounce of cannabis or left to a civil penalty. Punishable by a fine of up to $25. The lowest fine of any decriminalization law in the country, MPP reported. Currently, cannabis possession in Virginia is classified as a criminal offense, punishable Uh, by up to 30 days in jail and or a $500 fine quote we applaud the legislature and the governor for implementing a policy that will allow enforcement to focus resources on more serious crimes and prevent Virginians from having their lives derailed for possessing cannabis a substance that is safer than alcohol there you go that's right sure is I mean, who wakes up with a weed-over?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I, I know some people do this. Come on, it's rare. All right, well, that's good news. Way to go, Virginia. All right, 27, you guys. Seriously, 27. 27 states can decriminalize this. What's, what's wrong with you guys? All right. Okay. Oh, here's a good one. How to legally get medical cannabis in Arizona. Arizona allows persons 18 or older to get medical marijuana. Well, they used to call it a green card. Um, Let's see. here. Yeah, and sales are just soaring in every state. People are running out of weed. Yeah, for real. How to get legal in Arizona. Let's see what they have to say. Arizona allows persons 18 or older to get a medical marijuana card. And it used to be called the green card, but now they're white. And now they don't even send you one. Oh, my God, the trouble they've caused. They don't even care. (laughs) And you can also get a card if you're under 18, um, if if you come see two doctors of ours and bring your own records and your mom or dad or your guardian. Okay, as long as the person has at least one qualifying condition, they can qualify for an Arizona medical marijuana card. With the card, they can visit any of the dispensaries in Arizona and purchase up to two and a half ounces of marijuana every two weeks. Well, guess what, folks? If you vote for legalization, you get it out. Period. Done. Ooh. And only a half a gram of concentrates. I'm not telling you that, are we? Um, it says you could be N.E.H. E.H. Minors must have a parent or a garden, um, of course. Uh, you must be an Arizona resident. This is true. You must have at least one or more qualifying conditions uh, to get approval from a state licensed doctor. Here's the list, which we read. Um, <clears throat> I can tell you again. It's cancer, glaucoma, HIV, AIDS, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's, uh, a chronic or debilitating disease or medical condition, um, or a treatment that causes <clears throat> cachexia or wasting syndrome chronic pain arthritis migraine fibromyalgia etc uh, PTSD severe nausea seizures including epilepsy and other severe persistent muscle spasms including those characteristic of multiple uh, sclerosis and you must uh, visit a state licensed doctor to get your qualifying condition validated then the doctor can approve you for medical marijuana use well and actually the doctor isn't the end-all be all Um at the end of that whole thing, you do uh, go uh, the state of Arizona's health
2: department gets get the final approval. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your health lifestyle.
4: I would definitely say that CBD
3: has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore.
2: Tumbleweed's Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweed's Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way.
1: That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430 uh tucson at gmail.com if you want to give us a call yeah we know uh we are super busy and they're uh so what we're offering now because we're super busy is you can take your paperwork home save 25 bucks and do it that way uh or if you have us do it it's going to be at least two to three weeks because uh everybody's backed up we're backed up the state's backed up so uh, we apologize for the backup, but you can do it quickly at your, in the comfort and safety of your own home. Maybe even with a bong by your side. I mean, you know, you gotta like relax, so Okay. you go have coffee. I'd rather have bong. All right. Ooh, here's something no good. Okay, <laughs> Missouri, a fake doctor signed 600 patients' medical marijuana paperwork. Okay, now this is just. Bad, bad, bad. About 600 patients seeking authorization to purchase medical marijuana in Missouri had their paperwork signed by a fake doctor, officials say. The the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services said in a news release uh, that there is no evidence to indicate the affected patients were aware the physician listed was not the physician who met with them. It was a person, people, impersonating a doctor. Uh, Department of Health and Senior Service spokesperson Lisa Cox told the Springfield News Leader in a text message, the affected patients will be notified and given 30 days to submit a valid uh, certificate before their license is revoked. The agency also said it has referred the case to Attorney General's office and to the Missouri Board of Healing Arts for further action. Quote, through our many types of regulatory efforts, we remain watchful for any wrongdoing in order to protect Missourians, Boat, said Dr. Randall Williams, director of DHSS. Oh, Williams. Nearly two-thirds of Missouri voters in November 2018 approved medical marijuana. Sales aren't expected to begin until late summer at the earliest. Wow. Fake doctors. Well, and you know, the thing is, so here's what happens. <laughs> they hire someone that looks good in a white coat. Seriously. And then on the other end of that, you got a guy sitting, you know, this, this guy's in like, you know, Napa, California. <laughs> this guy sitting over there drinking wine somewhere in some pretty pretty vineyard. Uh, well, maybe not now. <laughs> um, and he's just like filling out all these scripts and then sending them all back. And um, you know that's kind of illegal to do, so um, they frown about frown upon things like that. And you know it's bad eggs like that in the industry. They give everybody else a bad name. Um, and they all knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so you, you got to be watchful, and it's hard because how how are these seniors supposed to know when? Um, who knows if um, someone didn't present themselves, you know, at a senior center and they're like, hey, I'm Doctor So and So, and everyone's like, yeah, weed, and then and the next thing you know, fake <laughs> um, license. But what a sad day to show up to the dispensary and be like, oh hey, I want to get this. and like, hey, yeah, no. <laughs> that would suck. All right. Okay, so let's see. 70% of Americans say smoking marijuana is morally acceptable. Well, duh. Golf clap. Because, you know, you should be doing that on the golf course. A vast majority of Americans, 70% now, believe that smoking marijuana is a morally acceptable behavior. And this is according to a new Gallup poll. This is up from 65% in last year's poll. So it keeps getting uh, higher. Uh, you guys, this is a guy. So
0: at least 7 in the U.S.
1: Because I just upgraded, and I upgraded not only I paid double for the program, and I paid more for my Internet at home to make sure this stuff still and it is not. So, I know. All right, well, anyway, 70% of uh, Americans, at least 7 and 10 in 10 US, US-, US- and so are by npr PBS, and the Marist Institute for Public Opinion found 62% of Americans think equalizing candidates. That is, quote, a good, a, good a good idea. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, the <laughs> political director stated that quote. opinion is the time that the federal
0: all All
1: right. Well, yeah, it is time. Um, it's been time for the last little. Well, with it. Yeah. Don't we'll mess with the marijuana. All right, well, uh, folks, I really hope that we're online, so we're just going to continue. If we are. Um, yeah, we want to give a really, really, really great big shout out to you. <coughs> And pleasure of having him. uh, yeah, if you don't know who he is, totally look him up <clears throat> oh. yeah. horrible, no one should use it, blah blah blah. and then um, I went to the library and realized that um marijuana wasn't horrible and Everybody should use it. Yeah. <laughs> so, really we doing all the reading again. Um, and then a son got it was used down the and and he used it up until I mean was very uh, he felt uh,
0: every day and um council every day um, so we have Boston. Boston, Boston. All right. Oh. Okay, check this
1: out. Louisiana. All right. Eddie. Oh. Condition. You now qualify for medical marijuana card in Louisiana. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Laura, Louisiana, I'll Oh, it's
1: Not using things like fire factor records.
0: I think mean, the last thing I knew, fire factors yeah. <laughs> were
1: dogs this year. And we're spelled money, you need to get sign, <coughs> in the law. <coughs> Sorry, under a 2015 law an additional thing fast and additional things passed and spent, Louisiana allowed Canvas to treat a flawless and disorders including cancer, seizure yes. disorders, epilepsy, glaucoma, PSP, <laughs> the new bill will no longer require doctors
0: to register
1: with and receive uh, authoritative uh, uh,
0: authorization. <laughs>
4: That's the our pop any element any duck that seriously, really again and to stop 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 stop
2: You know about the science of marijuana. hypocrite. You
4: used to smoke weed. Fool. I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm a run- looking for a shop. This is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs. It's time to the club. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate let Less the war on weed. The people have agreed. These special
1: Just going to pretend that you can, because uh, once again, um, hopefully this works now. Um, okay, well,
0: it's that half of the show
1: where um, we are going to listen. Right now, you're listening to Tumbleweed Center. Come on down to 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Uh, we're at the southeast corner of Broadway and Swan. But if you look hard enough, they see big CBD signs, big Tumbleweed signs, and walk away the cars. So come on down. All righty then. Let's see what we got going on here. We're going to continue on with Mr. Doug Fine.
3: for flower applications in Vermont. Under the draft regulations, once a test is passed, Vermont asks no more THC questions until the the future is here. Renewing THC relevant, and that is how to launch a hemp program. A friendly THC testing formula is almost as important as leaf testing. Carrie improved my cardiovascular health for a third time after the season. When the stove fires were lit, the waffles eaten, and four feet of snow blanketed our recently harvested field, that was when he sent me the innovative formula he had in mind for ensuring that Vermont's hemp program will fit into whatever USDA testing guidelines Verge. Based on policymaker chatter in 2018, it appeared that the good folks at the USDA were likely to implement a cockamamie testing standard called combined or theoretical THC. That means THC in both its non-psychoactive acid, THCA, and active, Delta forms would figure into a crops THC test. All hemp cannabis plants have some of both types at field testing time. Such a standard is misguided because the acid form of THC should make no difference to anyone. THC is not psychoactive in its acid form. The drug war is over, cannabis won. The day has come to relax about non-activated C as a society. But if you've got to calculate theoretical THC, Kerry recognized, then the best strategy was to make Vermont's formula as farmer-friendly as possible. You know, so people who are following the law, like Salt Creek Hemp, can actually harvest their crops? Kerry ensured Vermont was among the first to implement what might now, thankfully, become a standard. He reasoned that the feds could accept a total theoretical level of up to 1% THC, as long as the delta 9 level was at or below 0.3%. And this is the formula he decided to work with. Total theoretical THC equals delta 9 THC plus THCA times 0.877. Here's why this formula is so fantastic. If your leaf test comes back with 0.3% delta 9 THC and 0.8A, you are golden. You end up with 0.96% total theoretical THC and 0.3% delta 9 THC. You pass the test, and your hemp, as it should be, is considered hemp. It's a sensible formula, even though it's never happened. When hemp was legalized, some bankers and farm insurers expressed concern that
0: a hemp crop could be used by a psychoactive to a of there is a that, that Secondly, that the multiple point than the one which you started is derived
3: from established research into the percentage of the H- likely to be converted into the form during the paper He explained that 0.877 constant is now widely accepted as accurate. When this formula winds up becoming the nationwide standard, we'll have hemp administrators like Terry Gaguer to thank the resulting surge in the independent hemp industry. Plus, it's flexible. If the USDA has that percent total theoretical THC is the cap, Carrie said. We can modify the variables to meet the One time, as we sat in our midseason field at Sunset, I asked him how he got started. It was in Alabama when mm-hmm. I was seven, Edgar told me 60 years later, mm-hmm. still sounding as if he left Alabama last week in the way he unveiled every rounded vowel with great patience. My Choctaw granddaddy, Joseph Pate, saw that the family cotton farm had what you'd call a competitive advantage by mm-hmm. continuing to use hemp baling twine rather than that plastic bullshit that was coming online in the post-war cotton industry. So we just kept growing hemp long after Prohibition started, for the fiber. That plastic baling twine continues to pollute and disfigure the agricultural landscape to this day, including mine, by the millions of tons. Salt Creek's Joe Kohler told me his crew pulled probably a 100 pounds of plastic from their remote field, mostly baling twine. Edgar maintains that hemp with some THC in it contributed to the strong reputation that his family's fiber enjoyed. Nobody knew what THC was per se, he said with a wink. My guess is ours had 3 maybe 4% in the flour. Ganja farmers have reason to support THC irrelevance too. Coming from what is for the moment called the cannabis side, good example of THC irrelevance in action can be seen in the initial venture of my state's former governor, Gary Johnson, once a Republican, now a His first cannabis product was a mint aimed at seniors with arthritis. It contained very little THC, practically hemp levels. The marketing thrust, as he explained it to me, was that the mint had enough THC to help the anti-inflammatory process, but not enough to get grandma too high. This is where the cannabis hemp industry is headed, one plant with innumerable applications. On the one hand, folks will be cultivating industrial cannabis with high, say, 18% THC flower that never sees market. The retail product will be a high-quality fiber or nutritious seed, for instance. On the other hand, some enterprises will cultivate cannabis with low THC, say, 0.1%, as in Margaret's Zenith Hemperettes for actual retail use of flour. And we'll see folks cultivating at all THC levels in between whatever works best for their product. Might be a post-workout ointment, might be a Mm. space capsule door panel. Regardless, Mm. the essential point is that it will be the farmer's choice. Oregon recognizes that short-lived definitions are going away. In 2019, the state legislature passed a law that allows interstate and international shipping of psychoactive cannabis, and yet we're still arguing over minuscule THC levels in a farmer's hemp? That ship has sailed. Hmm. Because we independents make up the largest body of hemp players at the onset of the industry, our choices and voices, including those of you who leap in now, are, accordingly, strong. That means we're going to win this. But it's a corollary of Margaret's Law, and is a year round endeavor, that as if you didn't have enough work to do in the field, you're also now a political operative. Prepare to spend at least three or four sunny mornings stuck in marble hallways talking to your reps or policymaking bureaucrats. We're playing by a new set of rules this time around, and you and I are helping write them. These days, when I discuss policy with legislators, I feel like one of those. Finger-wagging enterprise libertarians, telling the government that my industry knows best. I'm always reminding our public servants we're bringing in a billion-dollar industry to your state. And guess what? They listen. It's happened so often in so many states over the past few years that I've stopped being shocked. Boom, New Mexico institutes a fair genetics policy. Wham, Washington repeals an out-of-date planting restriction. Zang, South Carolina allows retesting of THC samples up to 1%. I think one reason hemp regulators are listening is that everyone who glances at the tail end of the monoculture farm era economy can see that healthy regional agriculture manifests a new form of patriotism. Regulators see the declining production numbers and struggling soil. If we don't reboot farming in a regenerative way, it's a genuine threat to national security. Hemp, accordingly, was declared by executive order to be one of the nation's essential agricultural products that should be stocked for defense preparedness purposes. This happened in 1994, Hmm. 20 years before initial legalization. Hmm. The end game for those of us who find the delineations between hemp and cannabis irrelevant is a return to how this plant has been treated for 8,000 years, as a valuable, multi-purpose crop whose cultivation must be maximally encouraged and minimally regulated. In other words, we're doing this gold rush differently. If there's an element of initial federal cannabis policy or state hemp regulation that we don't like, we'll have it changed. And we might have to. As I was checking a few policy facts with Kerry the other day, he told me I had reached him in D.C. where he had been discussing USDA policy all day. Even when I handed them small and conquest study, some congressional staffers laughed at our leaf. The writer might not make it into the final regs. They won't be laughing for long. I suggested to Kerry that someone's initial reaction to our protocol we farmers propose is the agriculture system has been regulated a good reply is has not been working out for the planet's farmers and soil Mm -hmm. if a state plan that includes our essential policies is in danger of being rejected by the USDA and its initial plans it just means our public servants haven't heard from nearly enough independent farmers yet We'll fight until we win. This time, the farmers are in charge. That's the only way to rebuild soil and rural America. Amen.
0: You are listening to... Chapter 4,
3: Wild West Genetics. Okay. Now, let's face it, chum. I'm not leaving till I sell you something. Now, what will it be? Just name it. Dabney Duck, the stupor salesman, 1948.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. With soil prepared and permit acquired, now we're ready to sketch the genetics options for the farmer entrepreneur. What should you be looking for as you source your seed? The answer is deceptively simple. Grow for what you want to harvest. Cherry tomato seeds are different from heirloom roma seeds. Similarly, There is a significant difference between genetics intended for just CBD and other cannabinoids residing in the flower and genetics intended for nearly any other purpose. Regardless, advises master breeder Edgar Winters, look for someone who has provided good genetics in the past, who has a COA, and is a permitted farmer in his state. To that, I would add... Examine the cultivar's cannabinoid test results and germination rate carefully. The latter should be north of 85%. If the seller can't provide both of these forms, COA with cannabinoid test results and germination rate results, I wouldn't buy the seed. I also suggest visiting the source farm so you can actually look at the seed's plants and the overall operation. Is it clean, organic? Third, shop early. November is much better than March. By spring, everyone is busy, many breeders have run out of seed, prices are usually higher, and few providers have time for the many questions you're wise to ask. And finally, ask for the kind of right of replication form that we discussed in Chapter 3. Own your genetics. Some states issue specific seed provider permits in addition to cultivation permits. Hey, bureaucratic budgets need holiday bonuses, too. Date in which you're sourcing seeds has such a permit, you might ask to see your putative providers. Genetic sourcing, especially CBD genetic sourcing, is a massive caveat emptor situation as of this writing. Not for me, since I am my seed provider or I know my provider personally, but nearly everyone who comes to me asking about genetics, CBD genetics in particular, is a refugee from a sketchy seed situation. In other words, I get a fair number of emails that start with, help, I just got burned on funk seed. Here's one that just came in from the Empire State. Hello, Doug. We are searching for some hemp seed and thought you would be a good person to reach out to. We grow organic hemp along with other crops in upstate New York. We have a bag of seed that we just purchased, and it came loaded with Indian meal moth, and it looks like the bag is mostly shot. Kind regards, KM, head grower. But now you've done your homework, you've found your reputable provider, and you're on a farm visit. How do you buy in an informed way? By examining the seed
0: closely. This is not. Seeds tend to be smaller and seeds for other purposes to be
3: fatter. But although I've seen some monster seeds, even most of the bigger varieties aren't much larger than a BB. Edgar seeks larger bulbous seeds in varieties that are intended for food. Look at these fat ones bursting with oil and meaty hearts, he told me not too long ago as we poured over a Spanish cultivar in his greenhouse. There's considerable variety in how the walnut-shaped hemp shells look on the outside. Some are tiger-striped, and some a solid cream color. I've harvested seeds that were downright purple. But a robust seed generally cannot be cracked between your fingertips. At least it should be very difficult. So on your farm visit, lay down a $5 bill and ask the breeder if you can squeeze a few. Once you've decided what kind of harvest you're aiming for and you're ready to buy, it's time to start thinking about how much to plant. Our Tri-Crop Daecious Samurai Cultivar, Tri-Crop equals the big three of seed, flower, and fiber, plus when applicable for a project, idle remediation, has been planted in seven states as of 2019 at several different planting densities. I'd say we get best results from about 15 pounds of seed per acre, more if fiber is the primary application. Higher density planting produces tighter, straighter plants, which are easier to process for fiber applications. We've also planted as low as eight pounds per acre, which maximizes seed and flower production by giving the plants the room to branch out and reach for the sun. But this wider plant spacing 15-inch bases between plants center to center means the crop is more difficult to harvest by a combine. That's because rather than plants, you get hulking 10-foot trees like something out of Little Shop of Horrors. Those looking to grow for CBD or other exclusively flower-based applications have several options. Mixed-gender seed, feminized seed, and clones. These all have one shared goal in common. An all-female crop. For flower is your harvest. Though I welcome fertilization of the flowers in my product, most farmers at this peak gold rush moment don't. In 2018, four out of five U.S. Hemp, hemp farmers were trying to maximize one cannabinoid, CBD. A female flower can lower that CBD level and thus the value of a wholesale crop. So if you're going the flower-only route and start with seed, you can either purchase seed for which you pull males or shell out for purportedly feminized seed. Flower cultivators can also annually purchase clones, which are genetically identical clippings from mother plants. Or they can buy mother plants from whose branches they can repeatedly clip their own clones. They stick the baby cuppings or plugs into some form of soil or growing medium, many folks use rock wool until their roots establish and they grow a few inches. If you want to use goop that purports to stimulate root growth, please be sure it's OMRI compliant so your crop can qualify for organic certification. Stabilized, they can be transferred to the field. Starting seeds or clones in greenhouses armors in cooler climates few extra weeks to the growing season by transferring already started seedlings when the last frost has passed. But a frequent rookie faux pas is transferring the plants immediately outside without acclimating them for a few days with increased outside exposure each day. Rounding out joint options, tissue culture is a high-tech variety of cloning done under sterile conditions that is having some as of this writing. None of these cloning options are my jam, personally. But I see why I choose the cloning route. One advantage is you come away with large volumes of similarly sized female, producing the high CBD that the whole cell market is seeking. That makes automated transplanting. One disadvantage is that the plants are arguably less hardy, especially over time. Edgar is passionate on the topic work in nature, he said, and they don't work well for many genes. The mother plants get weak at the time, so if you go with clones, you got to source new mother plants periodically. Myself, if I get a hold of strong genetics from clones, I'd pollinate them and turn them back into seed-producing plants. Even though practically everyone I know who has cultivated from clones has had at least some major issues with post-transplanting die-off or greenhouse pest infestation, One thing you have to say in clones' favor, they are efficient, and if you invest in enough mother plants, which can cost $100 or more each, you can soon personalize your clone operation, ideally in a solar-powered greenhouse using real soil and sunlight as much as possible. We had to move to clones for the quantity of product that we produce, Bill Althaus told me. The uniformity, the ease of planting, the regularity of the planting cycles all made cloning the best option. Sure. We can turn hundreds of thousands of soil-ready starts around on a three-month cycle in the greenhouse. When a new generation of clones is ready, roughly three inches tall, and it's the right season for outdoor planting in Colorado, the Fat Big Society's farmers can just, in Bill's words, Plug these little sisters in the ground, 2,000 an hour, boom, 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 care of machines called transplanters that will sink entire flats of baby hemp plants right from your tractor at spacing that you choose. It's fun to be part of this kind of planting. Two farmers ride on the transplanter in mounted chairs behind the slow-moving tractor, feeding plugs into the rotating planting slots on the transplanters. This is the same kind of equipment that strawberry farmers use. A high-end Italian model called the Baby Trium starts at about $25,000. It even has ergonomic chairs for the always sore farmer. It's at harvest time that uniform plants can really make a larger acreage farmer's life easier. Early on, we have plants of all kinds of sizes in the field, which complicated harvesting at scale, Bill said. Now, we've got a replicable system. Fish Enterprises, an innovative Nebraska company, engineers and markets super-efficient flower-harvesting tractor attachments, which neatly slice and swing a whole row of flowering plants up a conveyor belt and into a catchment bin. I watched its Hemp Handler 6031 model bring in three-quarters of an acre of flower in an hour. Time you save makes it worth the $37,000 investment, said Bish's 37-year-old president, Andrew Bish. Even with the tone advantage of uniformity, if I were growing a female-only crop, I would still grow from seed, and I would not pay the extra 1000 or 2 per pound for feminized seed. I've already disclosed that I'm a dioecious guy, even for my flower crops. It's a hormonal balance theory. Sensomia crops are, when you get down to it, sexually frustrated females. All those sticky trichomes they produce are part of a desperate attempt to snag a stray grain of pollen in order to make babies. My mom is, everybody's happier when they're dating. And so I use seeded flour in my product. That is sacrilege to today's wholesale processors. But I'm not aiming for maximum CBD per flour. I'm aiming for an ideal ratio, the cannabinoid terpene ratio. And so I use seeded flour in my product. That is sacrilege to today's wholesale processors. But I'm not aiming for maximum CBD per flour. I'm aiming for an ideal cannabinoid terpene ratio, the entourage effect.
1: To we say Wednesday, thank you so much for being here and being with us today. Always appreciate it, and we <coughs> always love having you here. Um, I have no idea if this is to you. <laughs> <laughs> remember to be smart, be
0: safe, and independent.